the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we follow the example of the Blessed Virgin Mary and recognize that when she received our Lord, when the incarnation took place inside of her, it not being simply for her her benefit or edification or personal fulfillment, we too likewise realize that when our Lord comes to us and dwells inside of us in the most holy Eucharist, he comes not just for our being fulfilled or our feeling blessed or, or even being nourished. He comes for the same purpose. Our Lord came into the world through the Blessed Virgin Mary in order to reveal the Father, in order to reconcile us to the Father through his sacrifice on the cross. And so the Lord comes to us likewise to reveal God, to reveal the Father in particular, and to involve us in that sacrifice that reconciles the whole world to the Holy Trinity. If the meditation of the Last Supper occurring prior to our Lord's death on the cross offers any fruit, consider it again. Certainly, as the Lord is offering up a new Passover sacrifice and establishing a new covenant and establishing the new and final exodus, it is obviously most fitting that the Passover meal begins the night before but is concluded on the cross. And that Passover meal is consumed in part or in toto by those present. That which remains is burned instead of being taken on the exodus by Moses and the chosen people. And yet we find ourselves in in a, a fascinating twist of time and space. Because the apostles didn't receive at the Last Supper the, the passable flesh, the corruptible flesh of our Lord that would die on the cross the next day. They received his real flesh, his real blood, his soul and divinity under the appearance of bread and under the appearance of wine as our Lord is consumed in the Blessed Sacrament. Were they experiencing the resurrection before they even knew that our Lord would die on the cross? Consider how Our Lady is conceived in her mother's womb, immaculate, free from original sin, already benefiting from the fruits that would flow from the cross. So that's a familiar twist of time and space. As much as there might seem something clean, uh, appeals to our uh, Teutonic tendencies for order, if our Lord were to have given the apostles the first Holy Eucharist after his resurrection, Recognize what he accomplishes by doing it just as he did 
according to his divine wisdom. Because when our Lord is dying on the cross, he, his body, blood, soul, and divinity, is still also in his apostles. And so he uniquely is offering up the sacrifice for once and for all. The one sacrifice that reconciles us to God the Father. And at the same time, it is inseparable from the rest of his body, the rest of his mystical body, the church. And so when we receive our, our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, it's not just so that we have our needs met. Christ has a purpose. To reconcile you to the Father and to draw you into the sacrifice, to draw you into that which reconciles us to God the Father, into communion with the Holy Trinity. We can see in the consequences of not receiving Holy Communion how, how important this mystery is. Because if someone thinks that our Lord is coming simply to meet our needs, as soon as we feel that we don't need him, we don't come anymore. I don't feel the need to receive Holy Communion every Sunday we hear that from time to time. I don't, I don't feel that need either. I know I have the need. I don't feel the need for oxygen. I know I have that need. And on the flip side, in its own kind of beauty, are those who, who understand what's happening here. And even when they are not able to receive Holy Communion, know that they must be present when the sacrifice is offered. That distinction between sacrament and sacrifice also is instructive. We're not simply here to get something. We are here to be part of what God is doing. We're not here simply to receive a sacrament. We're here to be present and participate in and attend these sacred mysteries where the sacrifice is represented to God the Father. You already know, you notice that the priest offering Mass must receive the host that is consecrated at Mass and the precious blood that is consecrated at Mass. He can't receive the sacrament from the tabernacle, as you may, because the priest acting in the person of Christ is the one who was participating in offering the sacrifice in a categorically different way. He must. You may, you are invited to, you ought to, but it requires your extra effort. Not simply to come to get something, but to come to be part of what is being offered up to God. These meditations can take a, uh, a deeper turn when we turn to Our Lady again and ask for her inspiration the words of St. Louis de Montfort in the True Devotion to Mary can help in this regard. There's three sections in the True Devotion 
pertaining to devotion at Holy Communion. A little booklet, it's a one-page folded uh, pamphlet, is in the lobby uh, if you care to take one home. And so just consider leaving what he says for before Holy Communion and during Holy Communion to your own reading, what the good saint tells us to consider after Holy Communion. After Holy Communion, close your eyes and recollect yourself. Then usher Jesus into the heart of Mary. You are giving him to his mother who will receive him with great love and give him the place of honor, adore him profoundly, show him perfect love, embrace him intimately in spirit and in truth, and perform many offices for him, of which we in our ignorance would know nothing. Maintain a profoundly humble heart in the presence of Jesus dwelling in Mary. Be in attendance like a slave at the gate of the royal palace where the king is speaking with the queen while they are talking to each other with no need of you. Go in spirit to heaven and to the whole world and call upon all creatures to thank, adore, and love Jesus and Mary for you. Ask Jesus living in Mary that his kingdom may come upon earth through his holy mother. Ask for divine wisdom, divine love, the forgiveness of your sins, or any other grace, but always through Mary and in Mary. Cast a look of reproach upon yourself and say, Lord, do not look at my sins. Let your eyes see nothing in me but the virtues and merits of Mary. Remembering your sins, add, I am my own worst enemy, and I am guilty of all these sins. Deliver me from the unjust and deceitful man. Dear Jesus, you must increase in my soul and I must decrease. Mary, you must increase in me and I must always go on decreasing. Oh, Jesus and Mary, increase in me and increase in others around me. There are innumerable other thoughts with which the Holy Spirit will inspire you, which he will make yours if you are thoroughly recollected and mortified and constantly faithful to the great and sublime devotion which I have been teaching you. But remember, the more you let Mary act in your communion, the more Jesus will be glorified. The more you humble yourself and listen to Jesus and Mary in peace and silence with no desire to see, taste, or feel, then the more freedom you will give to Mary to act in Jesus' name and the more our Lord will act in Mary. For the just man lives everywhere by faith, but especially in Holy Communion, which is an action of faith. St. Louis de Montfort, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.